Hey everybody, Dylan here. So this is a kind of a cool thing. Uh, years ago, uh, Bill did a television show hosted by Chris Van Oker, an award-winning journalist, and he was part of the panel. The show was called The Van Oker Group. It's a show that's fondly remembered by a lot of people, and the panel had a lot of fun doing it. So we're proud to announce that The Van Oker Group is coming back right here on the Broadway Media Podcast Network. And by the way, if you were a subscriber to our Patreon page, you would have already known about this. Just saying. Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. So this week on the Let's Go Eat Show, we are going to do a preview of the brand new podcast, The Van Oker Group, with Chris Van Oker, Bill Allred, Dave Owen, and Bruce Baird, all of whom have been on this very podcast. We recorded this just the other day, and I had so much fun listening to this group. If you like Bill or if you're into politics at all, you're going to love this podcast. These four guys have a great back and forth and rapport, and they're all ridiculous characters. Okay, that that's all. I've said enough. Here it is, the Van Oker Group special presentation on the Let's Go Eat show. Twenty-five years ago, the Van Oker Group was born on TV, and some critics would say, out of wedlock. And after a quarter century of televised political exchanges, viewers came to agree on one key point, that the host and the group had faces made for radio. So I'm very pleased, and because of our panel, more than a little frightened to record this, our very first podcast. And here to offer their commentary are longtime group members. Hi, I'm Bill Allred. And this is Bruce Beard. This is Dave Owen. So it's like the gang is back together. Oh, and this is Chris Van Oker, who's the host of the show, the nominal host of the Van Oker group. And as I typed out, and I'm Chris Van Oker. <laughs> there you go. As a reporter, I've covered politics for nearly 30 years, having started at a very early age. And I've been fortunate enough to receive both the Peabody and Columbia DuPont Broadcasting Awards. Sure, bring it up all the time. And he's a, and he's a hell of a fine-looking man. You know, I just have one suggestion before we begin the, the group. And it's great to have the gang back together. And in honor of the, the Van Oker group, I would suggest that we all now go by the names. I'll be Bill Van Allred. It's Bruce Van Baird. Dave Van Owen. For, because we are the Van Oker group. And once again, you've lost control of your show. I was about to say, for those playing at home, <laughs> it took really what, changed. about a minute no. <laughs> no. Yeah, for me to lose utter control of the show. All right, go ahead. Now, yes. this part's redundant. as you were saying. This mm-hmm. is redundant now. Mm-hmm. The format of the show is simple. I will ask well-thought-out questions, and group members will immediately ignore them. Instead, they'll offer their own commentary about whatever they want to talk about. With that in mind, here is issue one. All right. Mitt Romney turns 71 next month. He's reportedly worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's also been dealing with prostate cancer. So the question for the group is, why is he running for the U.S. Senate? I do have a theory, but I want to hear from the group first. All right. Who wants to go? Well, first, a disclosure, this Bruce. I've uh, represented his son, Josh, before, and his uh, Democratic- Oh, so you can't even really say anything mean. Yes, I can. And his, <laughs> and, and his, uh, and his putative opponent, uh, Jenny Wilson, from the Democratic Party, is a long-time, long, long, long-time friend of mine. All right. So, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I actually believe 
he's doing it to try to be the adult in the room in uh, in a Senate uh, and in a Republican administration, which has no adults in the room whatsoever. So I, I'm going to make it a combination of just flat out ego, which drives all politicians, and second, uh, an honest uh, attempt to do good for uh, a, a rapidly diminishing possibility of a, of a quality America. Dave, you have a cynical look on your face. No, go ahead, Bill. Okay, I'll go next. <laughs> Let's get it all out of the way. I think <laughs> before the before the truth is spoken. Yeah. Before the oracle uh, yeah. filibusters the rest of the 35 uh, minutes. I, I th- at first I thought, well, maybe he just wants to be away from Ann. <laughs> but I, no, that's, I don't, now. Uh, my, or she, him. Uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, or my, yeah, please, Mitt, run, please. Uh, my, uh, my partner on the morning show that I do, Kerry Jackson, said, and I, there's maybe some validity to this. I think he just wants to live in, he hates, really hates living in Utah. He doesn't want to do it. So if he's. Well, elected the Senate, he's, he can live on the East Coast where he wants to be. And this is Kerry's theory? Yeah, that's Kerry's okay, theory. Let's, let's make that clear. Yeah. And then, but I, uh, I agree with Bruce, uh, although I'm even, I'm more cynical about it than that. I think he really thinks he can save things. I think he really believes that he can save the country in a way. And I don't want to get into the white horse prophecy. I was about to say there's but, a bar there's a bar on Main Street with that name. Yeah, but I but I'm serious. I think he is so so egotistical that he thinks he can go back there and set a moral tone, and by God, everybody else will live by it eventually. Well, my first question is why does Massachusetts get three senators and we only get one? I got it. Yeah, um, uh, there is a school of thought. Get closer to the mic, Dave. I there is a school of thought. I'm agnostic on it, except for one part. Romney is and was a never-Trumper. And there is a significant band in the Republican establishment of never-Trumpers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- I think that th- what some have postulated is that he envisions Trump going down, as I'm sure does Bruce, and I that do, in 2020 too. he will be well-postured. Uh, to be the Republican nominee for the presidency. Now, I'm not endorsing that. I'm kind of agnostic on it. But frankly, I can't figure out why he would want to do it. So you think it's, it's his step back, his push back in to be president? But look, if you've got a hundred, let, let, I mean, let's assume he's got a hundred million dollars. Or more. And, or yeah. whatever it is. And I have no idea what is what the real number is. Uh you know, it's it's not that hard to believe that you'd want to do public service. I mean, my, my little brother was a congressman for 12 years, and even though that meant he was a congressman, which is one out of 30, 435 as opposed to one out of 100, he did it for the right reason. He did it to try to influence policy and to try to do the right things. He wasn't bought and paid for by lobbyists. Uh, and, and so I'm a little I'm a little unjaded by the experience of my little brother actually being a well-meaning, well-thought-out congressman. Here's my theory, and help me think this through because I'm still formulating it. Um, and it's interesting, the title of the video he dropped when he announced. Boy, he is good. He is so good looking. I mean, I'm not kidding you. In that video, he's 71 years old. Yeah. Oh, he's And that, that is a damned handsome man. So I mean, geez. It's entitled Ready to Serve. And maybe uh, Bruce and Dave can help me on this, but... When I was just getting started covering politics about 30 years ago in Utah, there would be occasions when LDS candidates would run for office, usually Democrats, they would lose. 
And before long, the LDS Church called them on a mission. Maybe he'd like to be a mission president. So Romney loses the high-profile 2012 presidential race, the first Mormon nominee of a major party. What is he going to do with the rest of his life? You don't call him to be a mission president. Right. And I'm not saying the LDS Church gets to decide who the next U.S. senator from Utah is, but that's kind of what it feels like, is what does Romney do after he loses the presidency? He can be a family, a guy, grandfather, make some more money. So, so are you saying that you think that maybe the LDS Church said, Mitt, we really think you're important, you ought to run for Senate? No, I'm just saying... As or, a, as, or, they, he felt or is that, it the new metal detector? I'm just saying it's a career and a life thing. That was my point. It no. reminds me of uh, you know being called on a mission. Although, I, I do want to add, and I want to get your input on this, I always felt that Orrin Hatch more than whoever the other senator was, Bennett or Lee, I always felt Hatch was kind of the church's guy in the Senate. And I think we saw that, you know, when uh, Trump came to town, didn't Hatch arrange for the yes. tour oh, yeah. of Welfare Square? Oh, there's no question. Gosh yeah. darn it. So and, I, and, it, it and ironically enough, it was Hatch and Harry Reid. Yeah, and, and, and of course the trouble is, for the last six years, Warren Hatch just simply hasn't been here mentally, so he hasn't been anybody's senator. Thank you for that. Oh, also, that notice in the video, the main issue that Romney really tweaks Trump on immigration. is immigration. Oh, he, I was shocked at how solid... The church is, all, the church is very behind. And that's going to be an interesting political issue, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's the clear winner he thinks it is. Uh, but he probably feels well, that he has enough, well, he's solid matter. enough on other fronts that win, it doesn't matter. Win he can advocate that position. Win, but winner where? Because he, he, the, there's no Republican that can beat him. No Democrat can beat him. He's going to be the next United States senator, barring a heart attack or a stroke in the next six months. So what will he win, though, if he gets if he's a senator? Right. Is, well, can he be a winner there? I, you know, I, I actually think he's, he's going to be uh, – I, I haven't done the research, but I don't know of any other president presidential candidate who has run for United States Senate actually afterwards. I thought I, I tried to check it out, but I just haven't had a chance. He may be the first losing presidential candidate ever to run for United States Senate uh, afterwards. Uh, and, and I think that gives him some credibility. And, and frankly, there's so many uh, lightweights in the Republican Senate is just so lacking of leadership. Uh, it, th- there's so lacking of leadership. I mean, you got Turtle Boy who runs the show there, and, and Mitch I mean, McConnell. Yeah, Turtle Boy is just horrible, and 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 nobody else seems to have any. Yeah, everybody cojones. outside thinks that, but nobody inside thinks that, Bruce. Well, except they all—they're all complaining about him. Well, yeah, I think they all talk behind my back. I, I'm not willing yep, to ascribe yep. quite that much altruism to to Mr. Mm-hmm. Romney. I think, and this is not, by the way. Um, I don't mean it pejoratively. The guy's a high ego guy. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you wouldn't get where he is. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's one that's of those duh of comments. I'm not, I'm not being, you know, mm-hmm. snarky here. But I think that losing the presidency, and and I think you guys know this, that, that that's something that just never goes away for, sure the, for the people I who do it. God, I, I felt that, man. No, I mean, I mean guys like, uh, what's his name from Massachusetts? Dukakis. What was his name? Dukakis. Dukakis. I mean, he'll even talk about that. McCain, uh, there's definitely a, a factor yeah. there. And I don't think that, like, the idea of going out as a loser and this opportunity present its, pre- presented itself 
And I think, you know, he's got enough ego. And frankly, I can't forget that speech at the University of Utah. And I immediately, you know, Rich McKeon and Mike Levitt are good friends of his. I immediately texted Rich and said, I'm confused. Is he trying to hurt Trump or help him? (laughs) Because I know what it did. Yeah, it it unfortunately helped uh, the orange-haired monster. All right. Well, I I think it's interesting, though, that what you said, though, that there is a, 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 a faction that thinks, well, if Trump goes down, which I think he might, uh, that that Romney will he really won't. he won't. Well, I'm willing to bet on it next month. I think it's going to be. I've already next got month. a bet. With March. In speaking fact, Pace already had to pay me a hundred bucks. Speaking of next month, I'm sure we will revisit the Romney race more in the future. May um, I say this? There are still people that may get in the race, including sure. a friend of mine, John Dougal. And it, it's not necessarily with the with the notion that he can win or beat Mitt Romney, but it's with the idea that. You know, you really shouldn't pick up your Senate nomination at the drive through window. And that really you ought to have to go out and talk to people and take a position. And frankly, in the outer lying counties of this of this state, including, by the way, Utah County, everywhere but Salt Lake, Trump is tremendously popular with the Republican base. Did you just say pick up the nomination at the uh, drive through window? window. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do that. You have to go out and meet these guys. And the one thing I'll say about Dougal and a couple of others that are considering is, I mean, Dougal's been to every Lincoln Day dinner in every it's county insider, for the last five years. Insider baseball. I'm just saying. We will I, return. I think it's still going to be a contest, not necessarily oh, about who uh, wins or loses oh, but what okay, issues yeah. Dave, right. what if I could make just a brief appearance on my podcast <laughs> it's radio <laughs> if you've got questions for the group or you simply want to troll them and not me <laughs> you can find us on Twitter either at the Van Oker group and if you act quickly you can be the first person to follow the group or on my Twitter page at News Vulcan And we've also got a Facebook fan page, which actually has several hundred followers already. That, too, is called Seriously? Oh, yeah. Called the Van Oker Group. Please send us your questions and comments. They're they're Russian bots. I was going to say. They're sock puppets. Not not all of them. (laughs) They're sock puppets. (laughs) So does that Times article came out? I cut them off. Please send us your questions and comments. And if they're not too mean, we may read some of them on the air. Time for issue two. Yes. Will Utah legalize medical marijuana? If so, when? And is it a good idea? Bill, did you have something to say? I would just say yes, they will. And yes, it's a good idea. Uh, when? Not this year. Not Maybe not next year, but it's inevitable. What about the initiative? Uh, I'm really asking. I'm kind of I'm kind of agnostic on this stuff. The initiative that uh, people are going around with petitions uh, to get the pot on the it, that'll never they'll figure out a way to make that not go anywhere at all. Why do you think it should be legal? Uh, be, uh, because I, I uh, <laughs> well, if you've ever been in pain, Chris. <laughs> Um, Other than during this podcast, I I think that there are enough uh, there are enough indications that it is very helpful medically for certain people, certain conditions. I think the way the state of Utah will do it is that they'll uh, tight, very tightly control it. Uh, There will be one. I think the proposal that Brad Daw has is there'll be one central dispensary here in Utah, not a bunch of... So if you're in St. George and your doctor prescribes 
uh, medical marijuana, and it, there will be no smokable marijuana. It'll all be edibles or liquid. Uh, if you're a doctor in St. George, it has to come from this centrally controlled dispensary. Be very tightly controlled, and I, I, and I think that it's uh, between a patient and a doctor, that's a good thing, and, and it, it's helpful to, to certain people. With, with all due respect to the Keebler elf, who's the Attorney General of the United States of America, their science is, is, is simply incontrovertible that under, for certain people in certain conditions, medical marijuana is absolutely a miracle drug uh, for chronic, for pain, for nausea, etc. It will happen. It won't happen this year. It'll happen in a couple of years. I don't see Utah being the, the state that ended prohibition, uh, being the state that uh, started uh, starts me- medical marijuana this quickly, but it'll take a few more it'll, years. It'll happen. Bruce, just because he constantly looks as if he's in a hostage video. <laughs> Your sessions does session. not mean he that he's a Keebler he, elf. He really, um, you know, you guys. I I actually agree, and I'm a big. I I, I believe also in the bills that are uh, now called right to try, um, in terms of medications uh, for cancer or what have you. That that I think there is a role uh, for cannabis derivatives in in pain relief, and certainly opiates are no. I mean, we're yeah. finding out every day yeah. worse things. The biggest problem, the biggest challenge, and, and one of the guys up on the Hill that I really like and admire is Evan Vickers, who's a state senator and a pharmacist. And he's not anti having these medications available. He's very concerned about how you manage it, how you control it. He can't touch them. Under federal law, he can't touch them. Well, so really, this resolution is, I think, going to have to take place at the federal level that, that's the problem yeah. I mean, and if, that's if a Orrin, problem if Orrin Hatch would would have done uh, for medical marijuana what he did for the supplements industry, vitamins uh, you know what well, he Bruce if he, he had a little more any, time he would he didn't come he didn't to that have any money late. he didn't have any money that's he I'm, has money in supplements now there, Bill there was more to it than correct. that I know a little bit about the backstory on how Orrin well, but came if, to but if, but if change you start his on, view if, if you start on that little bit of the backstory we'll be done we won't have any more time for the show no but anyway I I just think that it creates, uh, it, there's a whole lot of problems with it, um, but w- we'll get there. I agree. And, and, and we need to. And I would say, I would go further and predict that one day there will be recreational marijuana available in Utah. Sure. It's just a matter it's of time. It's inevitable. It's a matter of time. I think it's already happened, actually. Well, <laughs> not mistaken. Yeah, you're he right. Meant, he meant legally. I do, I do, I do think that- As opposed that, to uh, bringing, coming in from your trunk from uh, Wendover. I now. do think there ought to be some decriminalization on marijuana. Um, yeah. All right. We're still pretty, we're still pretty, are we still pretty rough on it here in Utah? People getting busted? No. I, I don't think, think so. so. No. You get you get caught with a couple of joints. But it's potential. It's always potential. And yeah. the feds can really take you to the yeah. woodshed. That's true. Issue three, and this is one of those ones which will either ignite a spirited discussion or I will be met with blank stares by the group. Good, we can finish early. <laughs> but but we, saw these in, we saw these questions in advance, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there but you I don't, go, yeah, destroying but, the yeah, magic but, of broadcasting. Yeah, but I don't Bruce. remember any of them. I know, that's because you didn't you read didn't them. look at them. You didn't read them. It's my busy time. Okay. Bill and I studied. <laughs> I have notes. I know. Really? Yeah, Bill has notes. Right there. Issue three, should Utah legislators be required to publicly release their tax tax returns? And if they do, what might they show? I would say yes, they should. I have no idea what they would show. And I, along with probably most of the voters in Utah, wouldn't care. 
what they showed. No, I don't think they should. I think it's a citizen legislature. It's already enough of a sacrifice and difficult enough to do that job. I believe that. Sorry. I look at those guys all the time when I'm up there and just go, why the heck does anybody? Oh, wait, this is a podcast. Why the hell does anybody want to do that job? So to discourage good people. From you from know, I, being willing to run, I I don't. Damn think it, it's, Dave, quit it. There are disclosures and and so forth. And for those in the office pool wondering which member of the group would be the first to curse, it's yeah. Dave. Well, I have my money on look, Bill. I have my money on me, and I don't know how. Come. And I want to say that I have absolutely no conflict in saying that at all. He's good. Look, so, I don't know. It's a, this is a podcast. I don't know what you just held up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, we're not. We're uh, not on the video. Uh, uh, look, 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 look. I don't think people. Uh, it, yeah, let them. Uh, I don't think it matters that much. I would say yes, they should be required. But that's but an look, intrusion, though. I mean, I, that's a real. Wait a minute. I hate to, Bruce. You're you're a smart guy. I try. Yeah. Um, why did I ask the question? Well, I mean, I hope you ask it as a setup to why doesn't Trump Trump reduce his? But 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 it's interesting because and if you're I, in the office talk- pool wondering who would be the first to say Trump, uh, I my money was on Bruce. Uh, but but uh, look, I, I've talked to friends of mine on the Hill, and and and, and I think somewhere near. Eighty percent of all bills that run through the legislature now are run by quote special interests close quote run by lobbyists uh, and and I think it is a valid exercise to know where people's interests are. I do not believe, unfortunately, I do not believe it's state legislature you should release tax returns. It's way too intrusive and it's going it, to. It's just. They don't get paid enough to suffer that problem, and there's and and we got a shortage of quality people up there anyway. I mean, there's there are five to ten people in the state senate and the and fifteen in the house that I think are really highly competent, qualified. people. Oh, I'd make it bigger than yeah. that. But. Okay, maybe, <laughs> but a point little. Well taken. But but you know, it's hard enough to get qualified people. I mean, there's some people up there that have a ton of cash, uh, shocking amounts of money. And and I and I don't think that they would be so willing to serve if everybody knew how shockingly rich they were. Well, you're sort of right when there was all the hullabaloo. And the converse is true. When there was all the hullabaloo, and still is, I guess, a little bit about uh, the president's tax returns and when he was a candidate. That got me wondering about the Utah legislature. And I am by no means saying that uh, there are a ton of corrupt people up there or doing shady stuff. There are many. But it did get me wondering, like, about what other deals or business ventures these guys are interested in. I mean, that's really the point. And I think that's why we should do it. And but a lot of it's out in the open, and that's why I see people won't care. There are so many. How many uh, real estate developers and builders are there in the Utah State Legislature? A bunch. Who put their who put their the the kibosh on uh, uh, a building better building techniques no, for homes no, because it's too expensive. No, they don't. No, you're you're just. I mean, look, I can tell you because I I serve on the land use task force, and I know most of those developer people, and I I know how tough it is. Actually, they're much more favorable to local governments than they should be. Now, maybe that's going to change, but they haven't really done what you're, you're accusing them of doing. But but I will give you an example. Uh, for uh, years ago, uh, Representative Al Mansell, who ran the real biggest real estate, one of the biggest real estate brokerages in the state, basically made it legal for real estate brokers to practice law without a license because they write all these stupid real estate contracts and they have no idea what they're doing. And all they do is when they screw it up, they make real they make real estate lawyers like me lots of money. Well, that's kind of the bottom line. If the question is. Are the conflict of interest declarations and statements, which they do do, is that enough? 
nobody reads them, unfortunately. I think there's a lot there, though. I mean, they could. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, I, I think, frankly, they probably are close to enough, uh, but people don't pay any attention no, to but, it. But again, so didn't Al Mansell hand off the mandal to Niederhauser? No. Uh, and Niederhauser's a big... Uh, Wayne, Wayne uh, President? I mean, I call him Wayne. I'm sorry, we should call him President Niederhauser, but there's so damn many presidents in uh, in, in this state yeah. uh, that, that you, you can't figure out president who's a president. Hitler, president Pershing. Yeah, president, I mean, there's presidents you know, everything. So President I mean, Van Oker. It's, it's, just like, it's just like chiefs of fire departments. Everybody's yeah. a chief in a yeah. fire department. So uh, Niederhauser is a very smart very hardworking, very good guy who, in my experience, uh, has almost gone out of his way to not uh, uh, represent uh, his corporate interests. Uh, and I really mean that. I, right. There's there's a whole bunch of things that... He's Senator, got plenty of land out there in that Draper prison but yeah, but area he had, that he's is, just, does not he's fit just, the X-96 narrative, Bruce. He's just waiting... He he couldn't he couldn't wait to move that, that prison. That so prison could, should not have been there. The prison and, was well, ridiculous. That's, that's fine. So the prison can, uh, that, deserved I, that, to go. Okay, I, I'm not arguing that, but he certainly will stand profit. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the group has gotten so much more establishment. <laughs> we in don't my have time we, away. But we don't have commercial breaks where you go to the commercial and then we can say all the really Sell bad the stuff really, while the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. Issue number four, and I'm gonna look at Owen when I ask this one. Utah House District number four, what we assume will be a Mia Love, Ben McAdams race. Could Love flip the script and use the Democrats' argument? that more women and more diversity are needed in Washington. This is where I get to answer any question I want, right? Um, I don't know. It may help. I, uh, you know, we were, we, obviously there's a lot of talk up at the Capitol this year about that race. And I was talking to somebody the other day that, that certainly Bruce knows and others, uh, you know, another lobbyist. And do you think Ben McAdams can, do you think he will win? And my answer was no. And, and then we talked a little more about that. And I think one thing is, while I'd like to have a little fun, and I hope that there is a spirited debate in the Senate race, the fact is that Mitt Romney uh, will likely be on the ballot. And if so, he's going to have coattails. Uh, so okay, I, think, I think Mia's going to, I think there's going to be a close race. And I'm not saying Ben can't win, but I think Mia's going to squeak it out. Before you two jump in, uh, I thought it was interesting to note on the Mitt Romney video, which he dropped announcing his run. There is a picture of him with Mia Love yeah. that did catch my attention. Yeah, I, I think unfortunately Dave is probably right. Uh, <laughs> Are you unfortunately I, that you agree with him, or unfortunately that he's right? Well, both. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, you know Mia Love is feckless. She has uh, she does she has no clout. In, she hasn't passed. She said when she went to uh, Washington, nobody's one, passed anything. One of, one of, well, that's true. But one of the things she really wanted to do was abolish the Department of Education. Have you been working on that, Ms. Love? She, she, she did that. But me, I thought I thought she did that. <laughs> no, she didn't. Well, sure she did. She helped get me, me, Betsy DeVos appointed. And then, well, and, uh, yeah, there's a point. But I mean, but, I, and I look. Don't tell, don't give me a civics lesson. I know confirmations through the Senate. But look, Mia is a she is she is a worthless congressperson. She has absolutely done, worthless. She has done oh, absolutely zero. She's and look, I understand how much how how little clout. A fresh person, congressperson has, but and she won't, and again, she won't my, debate my, Ben McAdams. My, my my brother was a was a freshman congressman for quite a while, and for a while he served in the minority party, and and I and then occasionally then he got in the majority party for a while. But it's 
it's one out of 435, but she hasn't distinguished herself well, as 104. Didn't she Trump after one of his comments? She did. Uh, yeah. Yes, but but and then a couple of days later went to the uh, White House and had a meeting with correct. him and didn't and bring, didn't it, bring up it up at all. Yeah, and didn't bring <laughs> it up. I mean, it, it, that's 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 the typical Trump rebuke from a Republican. Bad boy. Now what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, she and and she, the thing when she is going up against Ben McAdams, if they were to have a debate. I think Ben McAdams could reveal her to be the empty shell that she is, but she won't. Uh, she won't do it. I'm well, she'll th- wind up debating. I mean, no, she, I bet yeah. she doesn't. Uh, bet. Once, maybe once. No, there'll be there'll, there'll be the usual classic three, maybe four debates. I'll I'll, I'll bet you they they have at least three or four. Debates. I bet that she turns them all down. No, she'll debate. She'll she'll debate. debate. She'll have to debate. Yeah, but I just think that it's a plus thirteen R district. Um, which means it's yeah. a Republican district. It's going to take I think away. that this year, I think things are more partisan. Uh, I don't think a guy like – tell me how many Jim Mathesons there are in Congress these days on either side. Or, or my brother, Brian Baird. Or Brian uh, Baird. And those guys don't used exist to be a congressman. So you don't see any of the outrage that we've been seeing in the country in some of these special elections or more some of the local – races against Trump. You don't see that being a factor in the fourth. No, I don't. I honestly don't. Well, look, I, it's it is still early. It is only of February course. and there's there's chance for more porn stars, more Playboy bunnies, more indictments. There uh, is. Uh, yeah, oh. I mean they, uh, as in it's a <laughs> don't one, get excited. as in it's a 150% <laughs> guarantee that the orange-haired monster and his incompetent little group of children that run this country do something grossly stupid and stupid enough even well, enough to create Well, I think he's doing a pretty good job myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, well, yes, I'm I do. Oh, jeez. I'm going to let the group in on so this secret, whore which factor. is Owen loves to hear Democrats talk like this. Yes. Oh, jeez. Yes. I know. This is just, <laughs> Absolutely. This is just trolling. Oh, he just this trolls. Is so often these days when Democrats are making their, uh, their, their arguments, I, I look at them and say, you know, I don't normally give money to your party, but if you'll make sure that's the platform next time around, hey, I'm there. <laughs> Which, perhaps ironically— I don't believe, by the way, uh, you know, just real quick, the blue wave is going to be a trickle. And uh, I, I think this is actually— You don't believe there will be a blue wave. I don't believe wave. there will. I think it'll be a ripple. I lost a whole bunch of money betting against Doug Foxley the last time that there was a wave. And this time, I think Foxley wouldn't take me that there's going to a wave. I think there's going to be a wave. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, at, at least 24. I don't care if it's 26. I just want 24 because 24 takes back control of the house. Big Nancy fan, are you? I think. Look, if it, hang on, hang on. Let's be clear about this. Not Let's be clear about this. If you read the article in the Atlantic this week about the Nancy Pelosi problem for the Democratic Party, I've been saying, as Chris will tell you, for months that if Nancy Pelosi was not going to be the potential next speaker of the House of Representatives, the Democrats would pick up five to ten more seats. Nancy Pelosi. is an albatross, an anchor. She is a disaster and a debacle as a politician. Forget what she- But they're stuck with her, man. I I understand that because no no male could run against her and no woman's going to try to depose her. But she is costing the Democrats five, at least five, maybe 10, maybe 15 seats. I think maybe this national debate or what we've been talking about perhaps plays into our last question. And I asked this one- not entirely knowing what the response will be. Final question, issue five. Should politicians tell the truth? Yes. Simple. Yeah. 
Well, first of all, no one tells the truth uh, all the time. I do. You, you want to bet? Depends uh, on what you mean by truth. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does depend on what you mean by truth. And, and, and there are times where you, you can't tell the truth. FD, I mean, the classic example is the, the feint to attack Nazi Germany through the south of France. I mean, there, there are times when you have to lie. Uh, unfortunately, the, the converse of that question that you ask is, should politicians ever tell the truth? And the answer is the current president doesn't understand what the truth is if it bit him. What's interesting, when I was writing this question, I thought about what you told me that one time. Do you remember? Uh, there's the truth. Yep. And then there's the whole truth. We're going to tell the truth. And, and that's what a that's what a and good, I do that in media that's what training. A good PR and guy does. Yeah, talk, I mean, there's the truth, and then there's the whole. Talk truth. more about that, that's, Dave. Um, oh, stop tapping you, your. You don't. Oh, sorry. You don't have to say. You, you don't have to tell everything you know. I mean, this is true in Bruce's practice. I mean, this is true in Life. communication generally. Mm -hmm. There's the truth, and then there's the whole truth. Actually, the courts have held that you can't really hold res uh, politicians responsible for lying. Uh, you know, there's really not any way to do that. But, God will do that. But should they tell the truth? <laughs> yes. Do they have to always tell the whole truth? Um, you know, it's, it's not always prudent. Yeah. Lawyers always tell clients before depositions and on the trial. The answer is you have to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But that doesn't mean you have to volunteer anything. It, it means yeah. you listen to the question that's asked. And I feel really bad about this because before, uh, back when I used to coach political candidates and stuff, I, I felt really bad about telling them that you don't have to answer the question that's asked. And and this was back before everybody start, was doing that. This was back when people were really giving answers to questions. Now nobody gives an answer to a question. I mean, if I ask you, what's your name, Chris? And you'll say, well, my platform is to bring Jobs, Apple Pie, and, and Chevrolet to America. You'll, you won't even, I mean, you might give a passing glance to what your name is, but that's it. Sort of like the group does with my questions. Pretty much. Ignore them and move on. <laughs> What was that last question? I don't no, know. You, I, don't, I mean, what you tell candidates, and uh, you know, and I don't think you can do this in court, but what you tell candidates is answer the question you wish they asked. Yeah, and yeah, come, that's 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 not good. Well, that's I'm just where saying. You, that's where, but I you know, control but the message that way, that, and there is a war with the media. But right? it's that's, where, that's, but that's where, why. But I it's keep where, tapping the table. Sorry, but about it's that, where Joe. you get that. It's where you get that. Uh, the 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 inquisitor, the news person, asks the question. And the, and the politician gives an answer to some other question. And, and if there was a fair bullshit. and impartial press in this country, any vestige left of it, then I might agree with well, you, there but is I a, don't. There, there is a fair and impartial press. It's just not on the Fox side. It, but but look, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has about as much credibility as Baghdad Bob. And for those people who Absolutely. are too young to remember Baghdad Bob, he was the speaker for Saddam Hussein, the press guy for Saddam Hussein, who basically said, oh, while come the on, while Why the, don't you compare him to while, Hitler? While come on, the, you're on a roll. While the, I'm not going to break what's called Godwin's Law. Uh, Mussolini? While, uh, while, while the, while the American troops were entering the presidential palace, Baghdad Bob said they had them on the run. Yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders wouldn't know the truth She's if awful. it bit her. I think she does a great job. At least, at least she hasn't told the truth. At least, Sean, at least Sean Spicer looked uncomfortable when he was lying. <laughs> That's exactly right. Do you, do, you, do you know how to tell that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is lying? 
It's not that her lips are moving; it's that her heart is beating. Yeah. My, uh, I, I'm reminded of my favorite New Yorker cartoon of all time. The bailiff has got the Bible out, and the witness has his hand up, and the truth, and you can see the bailiff's fingers doing something. He says, "Do you swear to tell the truth, the truth, the truth, the truth, truth?" I'm sorry. Know, it made a, me laugh. So it for years. I don't, I don't get it. And <laughs> our last bonus item. Yeah. And I know since Dave didn't prepare, I'll go first with this. We can go Bruce and Bill, and maybe Dave will think of something in the remaining time. It's our game of who is the next Nostradamus. Essentially, we're looking for the group to tell us an issue or a person to keep an eye on in the future. I'll go first. I'm a little bit surprised, maybe disappointed that the opiate heroin issue hasn't been even more pronounced. I know it's gotten a lot of attention, but I was in uh, Ohio for a while before I came back to Utah, and I interviewed a number of these families, kind of rural Ohio. I interviewed John Kasich about this, who was very good on it. And I just expect that as we get closer to 2020, it'll become a bigger issue, and should. Uh, I mean, the human cost, that's evident. And that's why I'm bringing it up. On the political side, when I was in Ohio, I saw people from both parties talking about this. There was no partisanship Mm -hmm. or division. And I would be really surprised to see candidates like maybe Kasich or maybe a Sherrod Brown, the senator from Ohio, if he runs, talking about this more in these areas because they've been hard hit and politically and cynically because they're swing states. I, I Sherrod Brown, by the way, is my pick for the surprise person. Or if, if I had to put money on a Democratic candidate right now, it's Sherrod Brown with a Hispanic or female vice president. But uh, my, my uh, Nostradamus prediction is that there is someone who we don't know yet who has already pled guilty uh, in the Mueller investigation and is singing like a canary. And it's going to be like Papadopoulos was when, when, his, when his or her name comes out in the next month or so. You're all going to go, who the hell is that? And then you're going to see that their fingerprints are on everything and they will have pled guilty to and some. And then t- we get a unicorn and a flying car. I, hang um, on, hang on, hang on. Oh, it's too bad we're I not on. T- I, I'm going to put $500 bill on these t- on this table. And Owen, if you want to bet me that I'm wrong. I was just away. saying, who walks around? What's the specific bet? Does he, well, he's I'm we'll deal with this wall. off the air. I, 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 don't, I only have 200s on me, but oh. I'm going to put $200. We'll do a $100 bet. We'll do a $100 bet when we're off the air. I got a 20 uh, listen, uh, you know, um, for for some. Uh, by the way, uh, you, what you're saying there. Did you when just before we went to tape this, uh, Robert Mueller indicted, uh, issued an indictment for 15 Russian, Russian nationals. nationals. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't 15 know that. 15 Russian nationals who he says meddled. In the election and 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 even before the recent election, have been meddling in in uh, uh, U.S. politics. Okay, I'll, I'll, that, do, I'll that, do a Nostradamus thing. Uh, that is going to be open up a big can of worms for the Trump administration, and from that is where you're going to see Donald Trump lose. See, I, I was driving. That, I was driving I, here and didn't know. I it. guess I need to do a disclaimer that uh, my family's original name was Vinoker, which I'm is sorry. which is Russian. Sorry, but as uh-huh. far as I know, but as far as I know. I was not one of the 15. 
you know, no, you weren't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea who is going to pop up on the Democrat horizon, you know, to maybe do something. I, You know, I heard the governor of uh, uh, Connecticut on the radio the other day, and I'd never really, I guess his name is o- O'Malley. Is that right? Ma- do you guys know? No, no. O'Malley's the former governor Mar- of Maryland. Maryland. Uh, Maryland. He ran last time. Well, anyway, can it, anyway, the governor of Connecticut. I'm pretty sure it's Malley or Mo- Anyway. Uh, he sounded great. He sounded great. He's a Democrat. He was talking about the shooting in Florida, and he uh, said, you know, after the shooting at Sandy Hook, we in Connecticut, we were, we got tough on guns. We got tough on legislation. We did everything that we could. We, uh, you know, we we uh, made a, people have to have a permit to buy bullets. It sounds like Murphy, who's a Murphy, senator from Connecticut, who's been Murphy. out in front. No, it's Daniel Mallory. Malloy. Malloy. Dan- Daniel Malloy. Yeah, okay. Malloy. Da- yeah, it's yeah. Daniel Thanks, Malloy. Daniel Malloy. So, but he sounded he sounded great, and he said, and I'm telling you, uh, politicians uh, in Washington right now who have taken money from the NRA, they either need to give that money back or resign. And he was very strong, and he was great. And I thought, hey. There's a guy. He's maybe he could be, and so I looked him up today, and I look at his uh, Wikipedia page, and he's um, the second least popular Democratic governor in the nation. <laughs> he's got in a twenty-four percent approval rating. He's so, and then just a politician that we need to keep an eye on locally, Greg Hughes. I don't trust that guy. That's all I'll say. I, 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 first of all, I have to defend Greg because he's a friend and a client. I, li- uh, I mean, I like him and, when I'm around him, but my, I don't my, trust my, him. My line about Hughes was really simple. I, when he was running for Speaker of the House, I said to Greg, I wouldn't bet, ag- bet on you, but I wouldn't bet against no. you. Dave, you've got the well, final. Well, there's a prediction just based on the whole Russian crap thing. Uh, uh, one of the next indictments not from Mueller will be Christopher Steele. So there you go. Oh, who, nobody's uh, going to indict him. Now there's one. Steel. Now here's an exercise who's for, gonna the, indict, for the listeners. Who's going to indict him for? Dave, remind listeners who Steele is. Oh, the guy that authored that That's... Hillary Clinton and the DNC paid to do the fake dossier how, that was produced how, out how, of Russia. How much, is Trump, pay, you how much is Trump paying you for this? What world Not are you enough. living in? It's absolutely true. Christopher Steele was a British... No, he operative. Was the, he was the top. Was well, he, just wait well and see. Respected. Just wait and see. He, he, just wait and see. Go read that criminal referral from Lindsey Graham. I've read it. It's bullshit. Now, this we'll is see. the Van Oaker group. I've read the I'm referral and didn't and miss it all. And then an exercise for our listeners. Right. And when you talk, and, and, and mind you, I, I support the Second Amendment. I'm not a huge gun guy. It's not my biggest thing. I'm as torn as anybody over this crap that's happening, and and I don't know what the answer is. I do know that we're not ever going to seize all the guns, but when you start talking about Daniel Malloy out of Connecticut and how sensible he was, go Google the county map of the 2016 presidential election and then tell me how far that kind of thing's going to get. Uh, it, it's just not going to happen. And I'm as flummoxed by it as anybody else. Was that your prediction? No, my <laughs> prediction is Christopher Steele gets indicted by the Department oh, of Justice. Yeah. How much do you want to bet on that one? Well, group, thank goodness we're out of time. <laughs> that mercifully brings us to a close of the very first podcast. The Van Oker Group is produced by Broadway Media. 
The commentary you heard here does not necessarily reflect the views of Broadway media, of anybody, its, its executives, or, and this is important, the host. Yep. <laughs> the coordinating producer of this podcast is Dylan Allred. Give it up for him. Yay! Yay. And we also want to reluctantly thank the group, Bill, Bruce, and David. Now, barring any action by the FCC to prevent it, we'll be back with another they podcast. They regulate podcasts, no, they do don't. They? Really? No. Oh. That's why you can say bullshit. That's why you say anything. (laughs) Notice I refrained from saying... You're the one who doesn't curse. Me, we could have bet money on, but you. So, that's it. Until our next podcast, please always remember, do not eat this pod. Broadway Media Podcast Network. Okay, cool. If you like that, please go and find the Van Oker Group on Facebook, on Twitter. Like them, follow them, and we will start releasing these episodes once a month on, uh, I believe, the last Thursday of each month. So social media, Facebook, Twitter, you know how to do it. Can't get enough of the Let's Go Eat show? Do you want access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, exclusive videos, exclusive blogs, and the exclusive Make Mine a Double T-Shirt? Did I mention they're exclusive? That means you can't get them anywhere else but Patreon.com. One or all of these things can be yours for about the cost of a double shot of Old Forester bourbon. Please go to Patreon.com or download the Patreon app and search for Let's Go Eat Show. It's super easy and will help us continue to make the Let's Go Eat Show for years to come. That's Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com slash Let's Go Eat Show. Thank you.